Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Puviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. I have a fantastic episode for today with a brilliant guest, professional golfer on the Symmetra Tour, Jules Aimé joins the show. Julie is from Nice, France, and played golf at Lamar University in Texas. While at Lamar, she was a two-time All-Southlands Conference second-team winner, and in 2013 was the All-Southland Conference first-team selection when she was a senior. Her first year on the Symmetra Tour was 2019, and since then has amassed seven career top tens, including three of those this year. Julie has a fantastic personality, and I was smiling and laughing throughout the entire duration of our conversation. On today's episode, she reflects back on when she first picked up a golf club and how she knew right there that it was what she wanted to do. Julie also talks about the season and how she's been driving around from tournament to tournament. And during all those hours spent on the road, she's been able to explore a lot of the United States. And she reflects on some of her favorites. And she also discusses some of the challenges that come with trying to eat healthy with a life spent on the road. Finally, Julie reflects on her life philosophy of one shot at a time. This is something that is incredibly applicable for golf, but she also uses that same ethos in her day-to-day life, and I think it's brilliant. Really, really enjoyed my conversation with Julie. Tremendous human, made me laugh a lot, and is incredibly intelligent. Thrilled for you to meet her, so let's go ahead and bring on professional golfer on the Symmetra Tour, Julie Emmy, and let's learn. I know you began golf at a young age, so what are some of the memories that you can think back to those early years on the course? So I started, I'm 29 right now, but uh, I started, I was seven. And I feel like it's an age where you have memories, but they're kind of like little pictures. You don't really know where or when exactly it happened. They can be really um, weird memories too that mean nothing as well. So random. Yeah. You're like, why do I remember that? And not something else. But um, no, it was fun. Actually, my whole family was in tennis. I was playing tennis when I was a young age and I loved it. But uh, one day, one of my neighbors, we lived in like a little residence and it was plenty of kids playing around and they were like, oh, uh, we're bringing some of the girls to a golf clinic. Does Julie want to join? And my mom's like, yeah, sure. I mean, why not? So we go there for like a five day clinic throughout the week. And I remember I missed the ball so many times. I was just like, oh, getting like mad at myself. I was like, what is that game? It's not fun. And I guess the second or third day, I kind of got a hold of it and hit a few shots. And I came home and my mom told me, you came home and you're like, mom, that's what I want to do. I want to play golf and just give me one shot. And I just loved it. And I guess made the right choice. I'm still playing it. So. <laughs> and I'm, I'm guessing the frustration, satisfaction, emotional roller coaster that occurred at still seven here. is still happening 20 years later. <laughs> still here. Still wondering why I'm playing this game sometimes. But <laughs> no, it's such a fun game. And um, it's just, um, I'm an only child. And I guess the part of being by yourself, like playing that individual game to where if you hit a good shot, it's you. If you hit a bad shot, it's you too. I just love that aspect of golf. And um, I guess tennis was different. I still play tennis now and then, but I know that having to wait for a partner that's, that is somewhat the same level as you, that would piss me off. So I, I'm glad I stick to golf. <laughs> yeah, that's a very practical opinion of that. I love that. Following your time in one of the greatest cities in the planet, in Nice, following your time there, you opted to come to college 
here in the United States to play golf and you went to Lamar University. So looking back at your time at Lamar, what are the first thoughts and memories that pop up there? It's funny how, so you do four years and every semester is different. Like you make new friends, you hang out with a new crowd, you play different courses, your level, like your golf level kind of changes, you're progressing different aspects. But man, I loved it. Oh, it's, um, I learned so much. I grew so much because you're by yourself on another continent. I mean, if something happens to you, it's not like your parents can just fly in and quickly help you out. So you kind of build your relationship and your whole team and even other teams become your family and your coach becomes kind of like your, your parent. And um, I, I was so fortunate to have a team like mine. And uh, we were a lot of foreigners mm-hmm. out of, I guess, throughout my four years, we only had three Americans on the team, like wow. girls, women's golf. So we actually got to learn a lot about the whole world. Like we had every country, Vietnam, Belgium, South Africa, I mean, you name it, we had it. And um, it was just phenomenal to get to know and live and discover other countries. It opens up your whole world. It's just phenomenal. I'm I'm blown away by that. How did having other people in that situation as far as being in a foreign country, how did that help you in your your climatizing to the new country? How did that help you? Oh, a lot. It helped me a lot because they understand they're all in the same basket, kind of. It's like you got pulled out of your home country. You're not comfortable. And we all like, we throw you all in that one basket. And you're like, okay, get along and just figure it <laughs> out. Have fun. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And we all did. And that's the great thing. And as soon as you have kind of like a, you're homesick or you're not feeling good, or it's just everybody else understands. So they're doing the right thing to kind of help you out. And that was, that was a great way to go through. And the downs were better, but the ups were awesome. So oh, what, a, what a great way of, of thinking about that. In your time in the United States, what were some of the culture shock moments that you had to tell your friends back home in France? You were like, hey, I can't believe this. I can't believe that. What were some of the things that you wrote back or called and texted people and said, you got to believe this? What shocked me the most was like, they always say everything's bigger in Texas. And I feel like everything's <laughs> bigger in America, but Texas takes the trophy, that's for sure. But it's just funny how, when you land, so I would come home three months for the summer and one month for Christmas and winter break. Every time I would land uh, in Nice, I would get back in the car, like European-sized car, and my mom, and I would be like, oh, my God. It's like I'm fitting in a little cart, and I'm trying to, like, get on the road and stay in between the two lines. Everything was so much, like, tighter. And little things, like it would be a glass of water. It, it looks like a little shot. That would be a sh- tequila shot in America, you know? <laughs> it was just the little details that you don't realize when you live here in America, but when you come home, you're like, whoa, okay, yeah. I'm not used to it anymore. And, um, but I guess the, the thing that I would have to kind of adapt to, and I'm actually still trying to adapt, is the, the food. It's still hard for me to, especially being on the road that much, you can't really cook for yourself. So you have to find restaurants or places to go eat. And when you're driving through no man's land and you only have gas station food, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. You have a, you gotta have some crackers or hummus or something to snack on. And uh, that's, that's going to be like, I guess the harder, the harder challenge for me, but everything else 
I don't know, people are welcoming. Yeah. People are so much nicer here, I feel like. I mean, I love French people, don't get me wrong, but we're so much more aggressive. A little bit, a little bit. You know, we're a little <laughs> bitter. At first, mm -hmm. I would get so mad when people would be like, oh, French people are mean. I was like, what do you mean? No, we're not, we're not mean. And I would fly back home. I'm like, yeah, we're mean. Uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> we are mean. So it's just little things. But I guess, you know, after a few years of traveling, you, you kind of get used to it. And you kind of go with the flow. So you discover and you reevaluate things that you enjoy and you don't enjoy about your home country. And there's pros and cons everywhere. True, so. true. Well, I got to tell you, I, I love your personality. I'm, I'm laughing a ton. I'm smiling. I have a nonstop smile since we've started chatting. <laughs> Will you tell me more about the food issues as far as for you when you're flying about from tournament to tournament you have to maintain a healthy lifestyle you're a professional athlete but like you just said it's not always easy especially in some of these locations so what do you do what's your go-to and what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you are staying moderately healthy actually this year believe me or not but we're gonna go to walmart a lot more and go to that frozen section and find some vegetables and pop them in the microwave and if that's gonna be like our plan C option. If we okay. really don't have anything else, we'll just go for that. But then you have, the great thing is we all the chains or the restaurants, everywhere you go, whatever state you're in, you're always going to rely on the same restaurants that you know. So like I will go, I love Carabas. I love um, Chipotle. What's that other one that I always kind of bet on? Now it's Oh, it's um, it's more up north, but it's like a core life eatery, I think. Mm, and I every state, uh, it's more a little north. We don't have that in Texas. So, um, Panera bread, you know, those are like safe, safe options that you can go to and find. I always look for protein and vegetables. That's my go-to. I'll go for pasta because you know, South and friends, we we love our little Italian pasta now and then. But um, yeah, I'll try to kind of play safe on those if I'm on a tournament week and I'm trying to just eat, eat healthy and go through a week. But then after that, yeah, I'll go to get a good burger and in and out or, you know, a little pizza now and then. I don't, I don't, you know, try to stop myself from eating bad food. Like, no, I just kind of limit, limit myself. And when I try to perform and be in good shape, try to go to the gym and eat healthy. And that's pretty much working I mean, I don't Hope, know. I think so it's, far, yeah. yeah, hopefully it's working. <laughs> so, so recently you played at a tournament in Arizona, my home state. So I'm curious on your thoughts on Arizona, a place like no other, especially for the scenery. And then throughout your career, aside from Arizona, where have been the locations that you've enjoyed the most? So Arizona, I don't know where you're from. What, what city are you from? Phoenix. You were in Tucson, right? Phoenix. Yeah. Yes. So we played in Phoenix. Well, we played in Mesa, like 15 minutes oh, east okay. of Phoenix okay. first. Um, and then we played Tucson. And it's funny how that was my first time this year in Tucson and my second time in Mesa. And to be honest, I thought, I don't know, I was expecting kind of the same type of city. Mm -hmm. And they're completely different. Like it was so, it's such a different vibe. Even Scottsdale, like they're all, they all have their little cachet. And I loved it. And so Mesa was fun. It was the only cut that I missed this year. But apart from that, it was fun. And the last time we played, we played it there in August. That was another weather and another challenge. Mm -hmm. But the city itself was, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. I love the West Coast. I love dry, dry air and mm -hmm. just like you wake up at five in the morning and you can just enjoy your coffee before the heat. Yeah. I don't know. I just, 
I just enjoy that. And, uh, and you did some more exploring, right, while you were here? Mm-hmm. So the cool thing is that we were driving. So my husband and I, he's my husband, coach, caddy, all of the above. And he, he drives with me. He travels with me on the tour this year. And we've actually taken our own car and just drive to all the tournaments. And so the first drive from Texas to Phoenix was pretty interesting throughout West Texas. A Don't lot do of that. nothing. Yeah, a whole lot do of nothing. Do not do that ever. Um, but as soon as we got there, we got to drive, you know, Phoenix, Utah, all that West Coast, California. It was just phenomenal. The views, it's just never ending. You take a turn and you're like, oh, let me videotape that real quick. It's cute. And then next turn, oh my God, again. And it was just wonderful. So I love that West Coast. I really enjoy the golf there, views. I mean, you've got it all. Yeah. I tell people about that, about when you're visiting like the Grand Canyon, every quarter mile you have to stop because every view is a different type of elegance. It's it's incredible. So for you, as you've played in tournaments around the world, which have been the locations that stand out? Purely as a tourist, the ones you're like, man, I can't wait to go back to that tournament just to check out the scenery, check out the town, whatever it may be. Yeah, Utah. Utah, Utah was really? for me. Okay. Yeah, it, it takes the trophy. This year actually was my very first time going to Utah. And um, yes, I went to the Grand Canyon. It was amazing. It was almost fake. Like it looked like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's a picture. It's just not real. Um, and then we went to Bryce Canyon. We got to drive okay. up there. Well, we drove through Zion, but we didn't take the time to hike because we had to go to uh, Kansas the, the week after. But we did hike Bryce Canyon. Oh, that was another, I, I don't know. It was just breathtaking. Like uh, something else. Like you can't even show the picture because it doesn't do any justice you have to be there you have to hike it and kind of and we actually woke up on a day off at five in the morning to get to sunrise <laughs> experience it yeah. and i did not regret it loved it yeah so that's Fun. definitely the best place i've ever been so far performance wise you've had many successful top 10 finishes in your career including two this season thus far in your career is there a specific result that makes you the most proud so this year um I guess the sceneries did pretty good, but yeah, top 10, the Utah tournament, the Copper Rock Championships. And um, it was fun because it was in the city called Hurricane, Utah. And I guess I should have known that it was windy there. I guess I didn't (laughs) think of it. But yes, it was 25 miles average, (laughs) like every day. Couldn't even hear yourself think. And and I shot a bogey-free three under the last round to grab a top 10. So I guess that was kind of like my proudest moment this year so yeah. far. Yeah. Golf is known as more mental than it is physical. And I'm always in- intrigued by how golfers forget about previous performance, whether it be good or bad. So for you, how do you make sure you forget about the previous shot, whether it be a great shot, a poor shot or the previous hole or the previous round, wherever it may be, how do you focus just on the next shot at hand? Um, I kind of give myself like a five second anger time um i'll never be the one that throw a club or hit the bag or i always hated that but i'll boil inside and i will allow myself that five seconds to just think and like say whatever i want to say to myself and then all right as soon as you did just get over it look at the sky look at the birds look at something quiet and kind of try to stay back like get back in that present moment Mm-hmm. and 
get that breathing and just the heart rate down. It's just kind of like a meditation type yeah. of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I have five seconds to get over it. And as soon as we're moving on, we're moving on. And you just got to focus on what's coming next. So that's kind of like how I try to approach it. Sometimes that five seconds become a little like extra eight, you know, like it's just, it depends, but yeah, you, you got to move on. If you bring it, it's just rocks that you add in your backpack and you can't even walk at the end of the day. Like you just, you have to get off or get over it. Yeah. I like how you said that as soon as we're moving on, we're moving on. And do you use a, a yeah. keyword or any special thought to, to reset? Um, I usually sing a song like, uh, it, it's kind of like, it's weird, but in the morning we'll listen to a good song and we're kind of like in the groove and I'll sing it throughout the holes. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll try to kind of focus on the lyrics or I'll, I'll try to think, make myself think of something else. So either talk to my caddy or sing or just look at the birds, look at the, the clouds, something that quiets me down. So. Something other than golf, it sounds like. Other than golf, especially in those hard <laughs> moments, yeah. <laughs> You mentioned meditation a bit, that it's a form of meditation. How about during the week? Do you use meditation and other forms of, of mental health practices to, to stay calm, just that, so that come match day you're, you're in a great state of mind? Yes, I try to do that at night, kind of before going to bed, or if I watch a movie, I try to – I don't want to watch like a, like a horror movie or something that gets my heart rate up. I want something fun, chill, like I'll watch Friends, like just kind of laugh it off, and I don't have to really focus. I just kind of doze off. And, um, yeah, I just try to sleep well, uh, stretch a lot and try to kind of stay in my rhythm and like listen to my body mainly. I try to work out on the road and try to do as many mobility exercises as, as I can with my trainer. But if I have like a week where I'm not feeling good, um, I'll text him and be like, Hey, okay, this week we uh, got to take it easy. I'm just going to focus on yoga, stretching, breathing and get get through the week that way fascinating i had an ultra marathoner who said that she changed her training just this year to listening more emotionally to how she feels and to not pushing it when she's not ready and then pushing it when she is ready. so i think that's fascinating yeah. you mentioned shows that are just funny and can relax your mind so top show or top movie that you've watched over the last year well i mean friends you can never go wrong with okay. friends okay. um but tv shows we just finished like binge watched yellowstone Okay. Wonderful. Um, and then if you want a little more intense, I guess, uh, Queen of the South was pretty fun too. Mm -hmm. And they were coming Phenomenal out with a new season okay. and the blacklist. Okay. That's been fun too. This is good. More to add to my list. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the last year and some of the shows that you're watching, I know it's been a tough year for athletes. So how'd you handle all the uncertainty, the canceled events, the postponements and the, the lack of training? How'd you handle all that? And in what ways did you adapt? It's been for sure a lot of uncertain, like it's just 2020. It was just a big question mark. Um, the, I mean, I've, I'm so grateful that I was actually in the U S I was in Texas and I, I had just moved to a new place. So we're actually staying with some friends back in the South of Texas because we don't have any place that we're renting out. It's just, we're never home anyways. Mm -hmm. So we're crushing like a friend's place. And he lives on a ranch. So we have so much space and like big fields just around the apartment. And we moved there literally the same week as the whole lockdown started. So I was fortunate enough to have 
sunlight and be outside and just be quarantined, but not really locked down in, in my apartment. And I just, as soon as it started, I called my trainer and I told him, all right, we're not golfing. So we have time to train and work harder and just kind of get some physical uh, workouts in and just like, all right, let's improve that if we're not being like, you know, um, called to play on, on tour. So as soon as we're called to play and we'll just kind of slow down and get back in the tournament routine. But right now, let's just focus on working out and improving and getting some speed and distance and we can work on something else. So I was kind of trying to stay focused on that and because I really felt like the whole golf life was being paused. So I had to get something else going. And so Chris Beth, who's my trainer, we, he's in New York. So we had to like call every week and just kind of figure that out. And we've been doing a great job. And then I actually applied for a diploma in sports nutrition. So I had to like some chapters and books and, you know, to study every week, kind of stay busy and yeah, hit some shots in the yards. And I was just waiting for the whole pandemic to kind of slow down. I never thought it would take that long, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I think I'm really one of the luckiest ones there was at the time that I could actually be outside and just keep doing and kind of keep living instead of hearing everybody, especially at home in Europe, everybody's like, you know, stuck on on top of each other. You're living in an apartment. There's no balcony. There's nowhere to go outside. So, I mean, yes, it was a tough year for me, but I don't think it was the hardest part for me. Like it was way harder for other people. So I'm fortunate and I'm trying to like kind of see myself as, fortunate yeah well i think this explains it because you were on a ranch so i'm sure the times you were taking some shots you're probably hitting off dirt and this is why you've had a successful year when it comes to sand saves that's probably you <laughs> yeah that's right that's right <laughs> i noticed that on your stats that that's that's one thing that you've been doing that's well. right and yeah. and now that now that i know that you've been taking sports nutrition classes then i of course i'm going to take your recommendation of getting a salad at Chick-fil-A. i am all in <laughs> yeah I know you talked a little bit about, about the year as far as, as far as performance in golf, but what do you feel is the biggest life lesson you've learned from the past year? Hmm. That's a good one. To be honest, I've always known that, but I think this year in 2020 has confirmed it is stay in the present. Like you just got to enjoy it. Like don't try to plan something next week, next month, next year. Like you don't even know what's going to happen. Just Try to live your day to day and figure it out and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see. And if you get to live tomorrow, perfect. Just do the same. Just keep on enjoying it. Of course, you want to you kind of thrive and just have goals and try to make plans. But it just can change all of a sudden. Once, like in just one second, can, everything can be different. And I feel like golf is the same. You can be in the middle of the fairway and then boom, next shot, you're in the trees. All right, well. What do I do now? So I feel like I'm trying to live that way. And I guess being on the road, you have to live that way. Mm. And I've tried to plan a whole year of like tournament season, but no, as soon as you plan it, something pops up or fight get canceled and the whole thing falls apart. Like you just can't, can't really like decide on what's going to happen in the future. Just try to stay in the present, enjoy it and be happy. You know, it's just all I, all I try to say. Yeah. And, you, you mentioned a little bit about it, but I, I'm curious, this seems like something that you've kind of always known in the back of your mind, but the last year reinforced it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. 
So is that in the past, was that, was that difficult or easy? How was it in the past when it comes to, because I, I know that we are, we're always taught, you know, be in the present and we shouldn't have things, but I know that my mind wanders and I feel like I need to have something to plan for, to aim for. So it, it's tough. And it, almost times when I don't have something to plan for, I feel like something's wrong. I know. It's, it's exactly the same way as I was thinking back 20, like before 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as like as a golfer, you're trying to be like, okay, well, if I play well this week, then I'm in for the next week. And if I mm-hmm. keep making points, then I'm on the LPGA. Well, okay, how about you focus on that shot first? And then we'll see. And that's kind of like how I need to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I don't know about any, anybody else, but I feel like that's kind of how I've been trying to live day by day. Don't try to think too far ahead because then you're not in the present moment and you're not actually giving your best. You know, that's kind of what I mean. But before 2020, I was still thinking, yeah, sure, you got to be in the present, but still, like, you got to think ahead. I was kind of in between, you know. I feel you live a very practical life, even on your your answers of when you first started golfing at, at a young age. You liked it because you were in control and you liked that practicality of the sport. And I know that you're not one for planning ahead. But that brings me to the next question. What's next? What, what, are the events, <laughs> what are the events that are coming up that we should be on the look for? Not for sure. I mean, you know, back at seven years old or even nowadays, like controlling perfectionist, you have it right here. <laughs> but I'm trying to like, you know, yeah. think that way to go kind of against my tendencies. Um, so this year, that's going to be the challenge we have. So total, we have 20 tournaments on the Symmetra. It's a long way. It's a marathon. Uh, So the challenge this year, the goal is to be in the top 10 of the yearly ranking that will get me on the LPGA for 2022. And so, yeah, that's going to be my main goal this year. And um, so the challenge is going to be to do that one shot at a time. That's going to be mainly what I'm going to try to focus on. One shot at a time. That's such a a great philosophy. I love how you use it in in golf and use in your everyday life. You're from my favorite country, huge Francophile. So for someone visiting, and you're from one of the best cities, Nice. For someone visiting Nice for the first time, what would be your recommendations? So number number one, go a day where there is no public transportation strikes. That's number one. <laughs> try, yeah, try to aim in between strikes. <laughs> <laughs> that must be a tough one already. <laughs> but um, now the good thing is that if you're flying there, you got to fly for at least... You, you got to have at least seven or eight days like on site to where you can really enjoy it. You'll be, if you're coming from America, it's, it's quite of a jet lag, especially on the West coast, West coast. So um, yeah, p- try to plan a trip for, trip for at least eight, nine days or plus if you can do two weeks. Perfect. Um, but yeah, you can land in Nice. It's a big airport. It's, it's covering a lot of uh, cities. And from there, like you said, you can tra- take the train or you can take the bus any public transportation, you don't have to rent any car. Do not rent any car. You don't want to drive in southern traffic. Especially after crazy. you're used to, especially if you're coming from the United States and used to the big cars. Yeah. Tiny. You're driving <laughs> tiny carts and people are crazy on the road. They're going to honk at you. They're going to push you. They know you're a foreigner. They can, they can feel it. They can sense it. <laughs> You've got roundabouts. Like, no, it's a battle. So just take public transportation or Uber. But definitely you need to go on the promenade on the mm-hmm. coast. You've probably been there. Yeah. Just kind of take a stroll, see the old town, the Vionis, that's what mm-hmm. they call. Get a little ice cream, Pinocchio. It's on the, it's on the main, uh, main plaza. And then just, you can go to the beach, but I'm not 
much of a beach girl, especially it's pebbles there. It's not yeah. sand. I have oh, a, I have really. a, I have a pebble that I kept from these, the knees beach right over there. <laughs> square. <Yeah. laughs> it's probably the one you had on your back stuck when you're laying down there. Yeah, yeah. Now it's not really comfortable, but, um, the views are phenomenal. And then you can either stay in Nice and just do try out different like restaurants. We have, I mean, amazing food. Mm -hmm. The ingredients are coming either from the South or from Italy. So it's 20 minute drive. So it's really fresh ingredients. Um, but then you can really go all out and everything is so close. You can go to Central Bay, you can go to Monaco, you can go to even Italy. You can just drive up there. Um, then ice cream there for sure. Ravioli, fresh pasta. I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta eat. You just eat. That's fine. That's, yeah. And have some wine. You're in the wine country too. So and, the, and what is your wine? Your wine varietal of choice is what? So, French people and their wine—they're a little different. But the thing is, if you go in the summer, you'll have way more rosé and mm -hmm. white wines, like fresh. Uh, and if you, depending on what you eat, if you eat like a stew or like a meat base, like a sauce thing, don't go for red. Um, but be careful. Do not put any ice cube in your red. True. Because yep. people will look at you different. Yeah. They'll know <laughs> you're a foreigner you're again. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. But I mean, I feel like it's a whole experience just being there, just feeling the atmosphere, hearing the people around, because you've mm -hmm. got so many tourists. So everybody's kind of like, mm -hmm. like in that same place at the same time, and you just, you just travel just by sitting in a restaurant and enjoying trying the food. And we've got so many different like type of restaurants and places and just atmospheres that it's hard to be like, okay, just go there, try that. Like, no, you, you'll be amazed everywhere you go anyways. It's just, it's a big city life. So it's like going to New York. I've never been to New York, but I feel like every time I go, it's a new place. Oh yeah, you need to go there. Well, I've never heard of that place before. And you talk to somebody else and they're, they're telling you to go somewhere else completely different, but it's yeah. just the, the experience you'll get, you'll enjoy it anyways. And you, if you really spend two weeks, you can really take public transportation and go throughout France. You don't have to stay just on the French Riviera. You can go all the way up to Paris. You can take the, the tunnel under the water. You can go to the UK. You can be in Belgium. And every place will have a different vibe and complete a different experience within an hour of travel. So you just, just got to do it. Yeah, very comprehensive review, and I, I, I agree with your point of the so many restaurants to choose from in Nice, and I would tell someone, doesn't matter what you want, just pick the rest restaurant that's right there on the beach next to the main walkway because there's so much going on, there's so much people watching, it's a great place. I don't even remember what I ate, but I remember sitting there and just enjoying life, just being on the beach, and one of the best sure. lookouts on the, top of the, on the top of the mountain next to the beach, one of the best lookouts I've ever seen on, on the planet. No, it's true. It's a lot of, um, we call it people watching, but it's yeah. not really that. It's just people enjoy like they'll just have one coffee or one yeah. cocktail and they'll just sit next to each other facing whatever the restaurant's looking at it can be the beach can yeah. be the people just the street where people are passing by and it's just like relaxing people do that and um yeah it's a way more relaxing way of life that we have in the south we spend you know two three hours at lunch so yeah we're relaxed <laughs> Oh, uh, this has been so awesome. How can people stay up to date with your career and your journey and also your travels? Because I noticed on your Instagram, lots of travel pictures, lots of amazing travel pictures. How can people stay up to date with your life? So I'm uh, trying to stay 
really on Instagram. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to focus on one instead of trying to do everything else. So Instagram, the French Jules, that's going to be where I try to keep up and post every week. And then for the live scoring, I'm playing on the Symmetra Tour the whole season. So SymmetraTour.com, they have amazing live scoring, news, updates. I mean, you can find everything, ranking. So their website is really awesome. So I got one last question. Can we do this again later in the year? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. I had a yeah. great time. I had an awesome for time sure. with you. So Hopefully so. I'll have to... Um, I'll have a win to talk about. Yeah, so. yeah. I've had a ball. I've had just an absolute joy chatting. It's been so much fun. Laughing a ton. Me too. Absolute delight chatting with me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Randall. Right. Have a good one. A bientôt. A bientôt. Au revoir. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Julie. Keep an eye out for her on the Symmetra Tour. And give her a follow on Instagram, The French Jewels. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like... You know, New York's favorite son.